in today's episode of the Friday Fix. I think it was very interesting to look at how the British media covered the coronation, both broadcast and print, you know, the, the, the mainstream media. It seemed to me to be almost universally on board with the Royal Family Project. And that absolutely reflects the values and interests of a part of the British public. But I think it's actually a much smaller part of the British public than maybe the media coverage would suggest. Hello and welcome to this week's Friday Fix. I'm Georgia Way, a consultant at Powers Court, and this week I'm interviewing Steve Marinka, head of Powers Court 360, on the very thorny topic of comms and the coronation. So Steve, let's start by talking about TV. An estimated 20 million Britons watch the coronation, which is actually 9 million less than watch the Queen's funeral. And to me, this suggests actually an existential comms problem. Would you agree, Molly? Well, I think if you were minded to be excited about the coronation, to be generally supportive of the royal family, then you would have had a ball on Saturday. You'd have revelled in the, the pomp and the circumstance and all of that rich tradition. If you were someone for whom the royal family is just a bit irrelevant, you may be anti-royal family, you just may just not uh, really care one way or the other, then I think you'd have looked at it and wondered what on earth was going on in our country that day. But what was quite interesting, actually, is that it seemed to me there were two Britons on Saturday. There was a Briton that was very engaged with the coronation, probably watched large chunks of it, talked about it, shared it. And then there was a very, very large chunk, generally younger, for whom it almost entirely passed them by. Could barely even tell you the name of the king. Uh, and that, that is an entirely different set of circumstances to compared with, for example, the 1977 Silver Jubilee, which I remember well, which genuinely did bring the whole country together. There was absolutely a shared sense of identity and celebration through the lens of the royal family. I, I think that has gone. I think that has gone forever. I think what we saw on Saturday was the remnants of that relationship between the British public and the royal family. I don't think we'll ever see, in my view, I don't think we'll ever have another coronation in this country. Of that group that were very engaged with the coronation, it's fair to say that not everyone has been positively engaged with it. Um, arguably, the British press, at least on the day, were very engaged positively with it. But there's also been a very strong contingent which has come out particularly on social media, which has been very negative about that. I mean, what, which do you think is more dangerous then, the apathetic view or the negative? I think it was very interesting to look at how the British media covered the coronation, both broadcast and print, you know, the, the, the mainstream media. It seemed to me to be almost universally on board with the royal family project, shall we mm. say, and Project Charles. You know, deferential, gushing, vast amounts of airtime and print devoted to the event and to the new king. And to the Prince and Princess of Wales and in particular. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the whole mob of them. You know, largely uncritical, buying into the centuries of tradition narrative that was right at the heart mm. of the way the BBC covered the event. And that absolutely reflects the values and interests of a part of the British public. But I think it's actually a much smaller part of the British public than maybe the media coverage would suggest. Uh, I was struck by the number of people I spoke to after the coronation who just didn't watch it, who mm. didn't engage, who barely on their radar. You know, I, I would sort of meet people 
socially in the few days between the coronation and, and today. And I always sort of talk about the coronation and I sort of joke about this and joke about that. And they'd look at me blankly, like, what the hell are you talking about? The, the coronation on, on Oh, yeah, no, I didn't watch it. Mm. Uh, and so many people. Did, I mean, did you watch it, Georgia? I watched all of it. <laughs> okay, right. I watched... You're an outlier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, afraid, yeah, I'm afraid to say I watched, I watched every single second. Right. But I mean, I think my view's a little different to yours in that I have, I've been somewhat talked round to the monarchy. I think from witnessing what having an unelected head of state does in terms of this peaceful, continuous transfer of power, which makes it an, an unpolitical moment. And I think particularly at the moment when we have so much political instability in this country, there's some value in having an instantaneous transfer of power at the head of state. Um, I think possibly my view is also different because um, I'm probably more connected into the Church of England than a lot of people are. And so I think that I understand what the coronation is. I mean, it's just a church service. That's what it is. And it's a it's essentially a kind of consecration of the king into service almost like an ordination. And I think that maybe by having an understanding of that, I felt a little more connected with it than other people would. But the media coverage certainly didn't reflect mm. that. Somebody made a very good point. Uh, actually, I went to a comedy gig on Saturday night, and one of the comedians made a very good point, and he made it much more funnily than, than, <laughs> than I'm going to, which is um, it's very, it was very hard to connect with what was going on in the Abbey. You know, we've all been to weddings, mm. so when there's a royal wedding we've got a connection with it because we know what a wedding is. We've all been to funerals, unfortunately. So when there's a royal funeral, we connect with it more easily because we know what's going on. Our friends tend not to get crowned, by and large. <laughs> Your friends might not, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's very difficult to connect with what on earth is going on here. And yeah, you know, obviously there was, there was lots, of, lots of liturgy and it was bound up with this sort of pantomime as well, which I just mm. found very hard. I found it very hard to get my head around what was going on. I think a lot, of people, a lot of people, had they chosen to watch it, would have found it very hard to understand and to connect with. Arguably, the coronation provided a real boost for newspapers. There were people that bought the Sunday paper, they kept their souvenir copy, and in an age when print media is seen as declining, that's probably a very good thing. I suppose the coronation has definitely done something for them. Great. Good. Good. Uh, <laughs> it, no I'd have no problem with that. You know, it's... it's uh, as an argument for retaining the royal family, it seems a bit a bit thin. Um, people often talk about, well, we're not really here to talk about the royal family and whether it should, you know, mm. be retained. But since I'm here, let's talk about it. Well, people often talk about uh, the alternative to an, an unelected head of state. Um, and I think it's a great shame that the paradigm that we immediately go to as the alternative is, is the American style of presidency. Mm. And... There are lots of other models of presidency. It's not just the American presidency that we should look at as the alternative to having uh, a royal family. You know, Germany has a president. Nobody can tell you the name of the German president, but they are the heads of state of their respective nation, and they're pretty successful, functioning democracies, as far as I can see. So, you know, we don't have to become an American-style presidency if we were to get rid of our royal family. Um, and the other argument in favour of the royal family that I always find problematic is it's great for tourism. 
public hanging would be great for tourism. If we brought back public hanging, Georgia, I guarantee it would be net positive for tourism. But that's not a good reason to bring back public hanging, I would. So it's not a good argument, in my view. No, no the, the question we should be asking ourselves is what kind of country are we? What kind of message do we want to send to current and future generations about how you achieve influence and power and we have at the heart of our democracy this idea that if you're born into a particular family it affords you not just wealth because i think we all accept that wealth can travel through generations but it affords you constitutional power mm. even if it's never used that's not the point it's a symbol of inequity unfairness and i just don't think it's part of our future well if we if we were to well not not necessarily to argue the other side of that but if we were to say how do we solve the monarchy's comms problem do you think there is any solving it well obviously a number of european monarchies have you know, become it's an old, rather old-fashioned term now but they've become bicycle monarchies you know essentially just mm. you know um living on a bit of a shoestring um and not expecting much if anything from the public purse mm. um and they kind of just get on with it fairly quietly if that was the future for our royal family then i know i think that wouldn't be a bad thing um but for me the 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 thing that i just can't get over is this idea of inherited constitutional power mm. is there a way for the royal family to connect better with those who were apathetic maybe those who didn't watch the coronation and didn't have much awareness of it maybe they could get proper jobs that might help yep in fairness, yep. of course, a number of them, a number of them do serve in the military and do yeah. you know fantastic work. Mm. So I think with that caveat. But for a lot of people who didn't watch the coronation, the argument that's put forward is we're spending an awful lot of money on this at a time when the cost of living is going up, yeah. and all that and that kind of thing. I'd, I I've not seen that reflected really in the press. I don't know where I'm going with this point. No, I think, well, I think <laughs> have we think we've got enough. Yeah, I think we probably do have enough. All right. look, I, I think it's a good point. Yeah. Interestingly. I watched an episode of last week's night with John Oliver. John Oliver is British, but his show runs on HBO. It's primarily for an American audience, although it has lots of fans in the UK. And the point that he made is exactly the point that you made, Georgia, which is Britain is in the middle of a cost of living crisis. And here is this country spending whatever it is, £100 million, £200 million, I don't know what the figure is, on this sort of absurd pantomime. So it didn't get a lot of airplay, that theme, in the UK but I think if you look at it from an international perspective you might have seen that sentiment more clearly articulated yeah and that again isn't something that I think I feel particularly proud of mm. I think I think the the royal family's communication salvation is the prince and princess of Wales because I think they're much more popular probably than mm. Charles and Camilla I have not checked the polls but they just presented themselves absolutely flawlessly. I mean, the Princess of Wales in particular, you, she does. You don't see her brushing her hair out of her eyes. She's got absolute poise at all times. Yeah. And there's something about you know this this family that's kind of presented, always presented so perfectly at every mm. public occasion that I think a lot of people do connect with. And maybe that's the problem is that you're right. People don't often connect with the idea of monarchy or the idea of coronation, but I think they can connect with the idea of a family, which is something that most people do you have i agree no they i think they had a good coronation mm. i think louis had a particularly good coronation yeah um <laughs> i look at those three kids and i wonder obviously they're getting a bit of a free ride now because they're they're so young 
but as they get older, the free ride will, you know, at some point, it's going to come to an end, isn't it? Well, that's um, something that Prince Harry talks about a lot in yeah, his book, yes. about the press not only just encroaching on his personal space, including while he was in education, but becoming gradually more hostile. Yes, yes, and that will happen. That yeah. will happen. I mean, you can already see Louis going to be the Prince Harry of his generation. He will go off the rails, most likely, at some yeah. point. And, Aww. you know... <laughs> Uh, I know you can, you can just see it. you can just see history repeating itself yeah. you know they're adorable little kids at the moment they will be tabloid fodder before mm. before you know it thank you for listening to this week's Friday Fix with Steve Marinka head of Power Sport 360